Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Putkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Anybody interested in about uh, West Virginia this week? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you oh, else. All right. Not a lot of talk about JT Daniels and uh, <laughs> and the Mountaineers. No, I was uh, charting the entire forty-five minute press conference today, and he said that at the very end. Anybody interested in about uh, West Virginia this week? And I thought to myself, Yeah, he's right. I guess I didn't hear any questions about West Virginia during the entire forty-five minutes. Okay. What's he say after that? Does he say that's incredible? Uh, he says, oh, Here, let me let me work on something here. It ba- basically, yes, that's what he says. He says, <laughs> we'll see you oh, something else. All right. That was something, something else, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I guess. Um, and I think the entire media, too, Teddy, they were like, oh, yeah, OU does play West Virginia this week. That was a good point by the head coach. It was, it was a. Um, it was a rearview mirror press conference, I guess, right? Which, hey, you know, I get it on both sides. As a coach, you'd like to uh, address it and hopefully move on and talk about the um, goals moving forward, what you got to do this week, you know, what the, what the challenge is. But if you're the media – what sells right now is the loss, right? The it's loss true. sells. That's what people want to know why. Yeah, well, I guess hearing that is still better than hearing this. <laughs> I'd rather hear that any day from Brent Venables over that. Uh, I've been laughing at that for 48 hours straight now. It just doesn't, never gets old. Would you take – would you uh, – you're in a tough spot at Mississippi State. You have to listen to that at press conferences and post game, but you are what six and three right now, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> How do you transcribe the coughs? Do you like put in parentheses coughs while he's trying to uh, utter a sentence in there? Wonder how those guys out there do it. I can you like trail off as you write. <laughs> 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 uh, uh. Dot 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 cough. Oh, that's great. He doesn't give up on the sentence right away. It's good. He tries to fight through it, but ultimately the phlegm won out. Oh, amazing. Yeah, oh. but it's interesting times right now. I mean, the uh, the disappointment and I think the anger has not subsided, uh, subsided since yesterday. Right. It's still very much there, and uh, I I just wonder how long this is going to linger because – most times a win around here cures a lot of things. I'm I'm wondering if a cure or if a win over West Virginia is going to cure some of the uh disappointed fans. Uh like maybe the Kansas game did a, a few weeks ago. I, I don't know how much it's going to I it it'll it, there'll be a temporarily uh temporary, you know, stop in the the criticism, but it's just going to uh it's just gonna be pushed off and yeah, you know, and here's the thing, man. I, I, no one is is shocked by it. No one is is surprised that 
fan base is unhappy with the record right now. And you know what? Here's the thing. I think the um and I could be wrong on this. I'd like to hear your 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 take. I, I think the the fan base always cares about what your record is and win losses, right? But I think the frustrating point right now is not necessarily the record and and you know the the win loss it's that that game looked like a step back yeah. instead of a step forward it's sure. like okay all right we we kind of know where we sit this year but if you go out you play well or you 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 don't just shoot yourself in the foot with a, with a bunch of unnecessary plays and you look competent on defense and and not like you you just can't get lined up like I think that's that's the frustration is why now why this late in the season are we still kind of looking like and those this? aren't unrealistic expectation no. uh, for no. game nine of the season I, I think that it. that's totally fair and no I I think that's right because I think you know you see it lie but then you go back and you know kind of look at things the next day and you say well they're not, they're not even getting lined up right now um, they're not even doing simple things to where you know. Feeling the gaps on a run play. They're making dumb penalties like they had at the end of the first half and the first drive of the third quarter. Sure, those things are super maddening. Yeah. At least they're super maddening to me. Yeah. No, they are. They are. And, you know, we um, – unfortunately, it's just kind of where we've we found ourselves where we don't have a whole lot of, of tested, experienced players – on the team, uh, you got Braden Willis. Uh, you just got a handful of guys. Well, and, and that was a point that Brent made today at the press conference, which um, didn't surprise at least me. I don't think it surprised anyone. But when you say it out loud, it's like, oh, okay. Like I, I see what he's getting at mm-hmm. defensively, man. Um, Danny Stutzman has only really started this year. He's a rookie. I we can name everyone on the defense. I think everyone gets the point. He made the quote basically of, and I'm going to try to find exactly what it was so I don't butcher it at all, but it was, um, let me see if I can find it. Basically, uh, for us right now, we don't have a locker room full of guys that have been here a long time. What you want is a locker room full of guys that have been here and played for a long time. Right. Yeah. No, and and that's there's a lot of truth to that, man. There's, there's experience and it's one of the things that I've always said is winning is a skill and you have to develop it and there's there's a science to it. There's there's a way to, to handle it and you know, mental mistakes, not not taking care of responsibilities and you know how you how you control your your emotions on game day. I mean, there's all kinds of things. You know, it, it not just like the X's and O's and being able to play better because you're older and bigger and stronger. It's, it's, it's all encompassing, and yeah, it that's just where they're at right now. And it's they can they can play much better than they have, but inconsistency is a hallmark of of young teams and of inexperienced teams, and that's kind of where we are right now. Uh, Let's see what's going on on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. 
Uh, let's see. Stutzman won't be here at all if he keeps saying things like he did on the podcast on the prairie. What happened on the podcast on the prairie? Uh, basically, this is what I think they're getting at. I was going to play that later on in the show. I randomly read a text that had it in that we can do it now. Uh, what do you What do you think about that? Well, that was on the podcast on the prairie. Doesn't seem like you like it all that much. No, 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 no. When was this? Uh, I think this it week? was this Sunday, maybe after the Iowa State game. It was definitely right after the Iowa State game, mm-hmm. so it's a little over a week old. Well, boy, you really don't like that. No, because I got news for him. It is that deep. I, if you want to play football at a high level, it is that deep. If you want to get cut off, not play your gap, not be able to come downhill with the right punch because you're not lined up in the proper spot, then yeah, where you line up doesn't matter. That is not a good statement. <laughs> that is... <laughs> That is for for uh, someone on a team that is playing defense like ranked a hundred in the country or worse, a statement like that. Yeah, it it, it especially bad. on a on a podcast that's led by a former player and a current player. It's it's yeah, it's not the best. But you it's know, not the best. Here's the thing, I I as bad as that sounds, and as much as I hate that comment. I, I, I don't know the whole context of the conversation and like where it goes after that. And I'm not going to I'm not going to take a comment from a sophomore on something like that as as well, you're, you're never going to get it. Uh, there's, it's probably it's just kind of how you are whenever you start to get coached that way it's like that's the hard this is the hardest he's ever been coaching his entire life and I'm sure it's the case for probably everyone on that roster but um he he, he's just got to know that that's the way that it is man and I I, Brent Venables only has his best interest Uh, you know uh, there's no doubt about that well here's the and, and this is where inexperience on a on a team hurts you because I that does matter. I, if if you're not lined up, if you're a foot, if you're six inches sometimes in the wrong spot, it affects the angles of how you're able to come downhill. You may have to be too flat. You may not be able to to get across at all, may get cut off. I mean, there's there's a reason you're told to line up in a very specific spot, right? It's not just like, – you can go wing it in high school, okay? You cannot wing it in big boy Division One football. You cannot wing it in the NFL. Everything has to be exact. You think the offensive line splits are just, oh, just, you know, whatever looks good. No. There's a science and there's a reason to exactly how far the offensive line splits are. There's a reason 
why the wide receivers line up where they do. It's not just, hey, just bump out out there. It's all precise. And the more precise you are, the better you are. And the quicker you realize that, the quicker you'll be a good player. Uh, text line, that's why OU sucks. Get rid of Stutzman's ass or don't play him the rest of the year. He's a prima donna. Uh, BV has coached elite-level backers for a long time. Take your coaching, kid. Uh, that's our problem. Players lack intelligence. Y- you can read it just like I can. That's A lot of yeah. people are upset up about that one. Uh, let me play something else that he said in the podcast. I don't know if it'll change people's minds about the previous clip, but here's, uh, here's something else he had on the podcast on the Prairie. We got to get to Coach Stoops next, but really quick, uh, any big takeaway there? Uh, I, um, yeah, I, I well, I guess not a big takeaway. It's just, um, yeah, understanding the defense and being able to not think about it and go out and play is ultimately what you're striving for. But you don't ever get there if you don't dial in the details. I mean, that's just that's just how it goes, and. I know they didn't put in 15 calls in one week. Like, you may have a, you may add a bunch of new blitzes, but the coverages on the back of them are all the exact same. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, it, here's the thing, you know, it's hard for me to speak on it much because I was lucky to watch someone in front of me do everything exactly right, line up exactly right. Every drill exactly right. Not wing it, not line up in the general vicinity of where you're supposed to be. Like everything was done exactly right. And you saw the results of that. You saw, you know, Rocky, I watched everything that he did. The guy was an All American, Buckus Award winner, unbelievable player. And it was simple. You do it like that, this is what happens. And. Those guys in that room right now, there's no one defensively that has has kind of clicked any of those achievements. So, like, I understand, like, they have to unfortunately learn that, um, learn that lesson or learn that expectation, that level, the foundation. They have to learn all that on their own, which is the more difficult way to do it. So, we'll see. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We got Coach Stoops joining us next. Stay tuned. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and access the cargo box quicker and easier. 
the list goes on, but it's more than just innovative engineering. It's knowing GMC is committed to professional-grade excellence on every level. See your Oklahoma GMC dealers. You're simply the best. Beats and Bites is back at Riverwind. And this time it's for Bedlam, presented by Phillips 66. So don't miss the Eli Young Band. And special guest, Wade Bowen. You had me and my best. Plus all of your favorite food trucks. The night before Bedlam, November 18th. Tickets are just $5 at riverwind.com or at the box office. Hey Sooners, did you know you can use your IRA or 401k to support OU while seeking above average returns? Boyd Street Venture supports OU in Oklahoma by creating economic opportunities for students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Boyd Street Ventures invests in innovative startups by providing initial investments, strategic guidance, operational support, and help in raising additional capital to launch a company. Boyd Street Ventures can help you through the process of Sooners empowering Sooners and investing in OU innovation. For more info, go to BoydStreetVentures.com. Do you know what to do if you're stuck on the railroad crossing? Get out of your vehicle. If a train is not approaching, find the blue and white emergency notification system sign on the traffic signs at the crossing. For help, call the number on the sign and give them the crossing number so they know your location and can alert train traffic. Remember, find the blue and white to save your life. Hi, this is District Judge Michael Tupper. I'm honored to serve citizens of Cleveland, McLean, and Garvin counties as your district judge. For my entire judicial career, I have strived to create a welcoming and impartial courtroom experience for every citizen. I am dedicated to continuing this important work for another four It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Medell Lowe bringing you our Tuesday conversation with Coach Bob Stoops. Did you get a visit from Coach in the uh, radio booth on Saturday? We did. That was nice. fun. Coach Stoops came down, joined us for a little bit. That was awesome. He's rocking the uh, Drake Stoops jersey. And let me tell you, it was the legit, authentic jersey, okay? <laughs> it wasn't one of the uh, the cheap ones off the It was a, a, it was a random website on the internet. He no. didn't order it for 30 bucks or anything. No, okay. it was a cool one. Coach, how we doing? I'm doing great, thank you. I had a had a good buddy had an extra one and gave it to me. Well, that was pretty sweet, and that touchdown that Drake had was pretty sweet too. Little little sidestep move there got him into the end zone. What'd you think of the football game? Yeah, it was uh, it was a good game. I mean, you know, both sides went back and forth. Um, you know, I think the whole story when you come up short. Uh, the old cliche, you know, three turnovers to one. They get ten points off of theirs. I think we we didn't get any. Mm-hmm. And and then the fourth down conversions. I mean, we're all for one, and they're three and zero. Oh, and you know, and that's pretty much a tight game. That's a three point game when you're on the wrong side of it. Um, thought we could have been a little like to have seen us be a little more you know stronger up front to to maybe make some of those stops or get pressure and keep them from converting those fourth downs. And then, 
we could have been a little stronger and tougher up front to get fourth and one when we when we had to have it. Brent was asked this during the press conference today. I'm interested to get your take. He was asked where he's seen his team improve the most over the first nine games of the year. You've seen this team through nine games. What would your answer be on where this team's improved, uh, improved the most? Well, I think it's, it's, it's just been inconsistent. Um, you know, uh, I think overall when, you know, when Dylan Gabriel's been in the game, you know, offensively, we've been productive. Um, you know, uh, again, some, a few turnovers and fourth downs have hurt us, but overall, you know, would they put up 35 points? And then, you know, and then overall defensively, it's still been inconsistent. You know, we had some really positive signs against Iowa State of, of making some turnovers and making some big plays and getting some sacks. And then last week, we, you know, not quite enough. Um, you know, so it's been a little bit up and down there, but, uh, you know, but I, I, I feel like they're getting, you know, little by little and in, in, in some ways they're getting, they're getting closer. Um, but, uh, anyhow, it needs to keep improving. Well, I'll tell you one of the places I've seen that I feel like is, has gotten quite a bit better whenever you just kind of go game by game, you, maybe you don't notice it a whole lot. You know, just whenever you watch from the previous game to this one, but if you go back to the early in the season, I feel like the offensive lines come a long way. Anton Harrison, a left tackle, has played great, and Eric Gray's played great on his own, making some great individual plays. But all you have to do is look at his statistics, and you can kind of see how effective the offensive line has been lately. Yeah, definitely, we have definitely run the football better, and you know, in the, in the last. You know, second half here of the year uh, for sure. Uh, I don't know, can't remember what we rushed for the other day, but uh, but it you know it was decent, and um, that's a big deal. You know, I I kind of felt that way going into the game that whoever could run the football the best and stop it would win, and that's kind of how it played out. Bob Stoops is our guest, brought to you by Modelo. Cool moment on Saturday with Roy Williams being honored. Um, one, how cool was it to be on the field uh, when when, uh, when that was going down? And two, when you got here, did you kind of immediately identify Roy as a guy that really had a chance to have a special career? Or if not, like when was the first time you kind of realized, like, dang, he might be a really good football player for us? Yeah, it was great to be down there with Roy, one of the all-time best, and just such a great person and great family. Uh, I love also seeing all the other guys, uh, Steve Owens hadn't seen in a little bit and being down there with coach Switzer and Joe Washington on and on, uh, Brian Bosworth, you know, we have, we have such a neat group of people that all, that are all, all our Sooners together and all our dear friends. Um, and then, uh, Roy, yeah, once, once we got Roy in shape, you could tell what he was going to be. Uh, it took it, it took a little bit that winter and into the spring to get Roy. He he was just coming into his own then. He was a little bit young and and uh, wasn't in real good shape when we got there. But he quickly got in shape, you know, through that spring and summer. Yeah, he yeah. You could tell. I'll tell you the first time I got on campus it took me about ten minutes at our first like player led seven on seven when he made about fifteen plays out there in a row. I was like, dang, this dude is incredible um i yeah he's roy's the real deal no doubt about it he i felt i felt his last year 
when I, I told him he needed to leave, that he was he was a man among boys at that time. That's what I was going to ask you. You know, there's a lot of times, and it's become more prevalent now where guys head off to the, the NFL early, but, you know, at that point, it, it was it was still a thing, but you typically saw it from just extreme, extremely high-level players, and, you know, it's rare. There's guys that are going to leave early, but it's rare whenever it's just a flat-out, hey, <laughs> no no conversation even needs to take place. Well, a couple of things about Roy is he was a fourth-year junior, mm-hmm. so that's different than a lot of guys that are true juniors. Uh, he was mature. He was ready. I felt also that he would be a top-ten pick, uh, and he was. And, and that's difference-making money when you're a top-ten mm-hmm. pick. You know, I never was a fan of guys going out as juniors when they're not going to be a first-round pick. And, and uh, you know, for instance, I'll tell you two of them. Right now, Jamal Brown, Mark Clayton. They mm-hmm. both came back, and they, their, their draft projection by the scouts was second round. They came back. Jamal was the first lineman taken in the draft. And Mark Clayton was a first-round pick. So they they more than tripled or quadrupled the money they would have made had they gone out before. So, point being, it was different for everybody. Yep. Nope, it was. And, uh, Roy, it was a no-brainer. He would be, he would be a top-ten pick, and he was. Well, Coach, where do they go from here? You know, dropped a, dropped another game, five and four, still got three games left. You're going to be on the road twice, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and then you've got Oklahoma State at home sandwiched in between those two games. You know, what's, what's the uh, important factor to keep the locker room together and keep these guys focused and hungry going out there? Well, I don't think that'll be hard. They, they, they have a really strong chemistry in the locker room. From everything I understand, and a great rapport with the coaches and players, uh, you know it's still Oklahoma. They're still a prideful program, and they'll continue to play hard and play well, and, and try and and try and just keep building one win after another if they can here to finish out the year. But um, you know they'll they've got good character in their locker room, and, and again I, I believe strongly in the coaching staff. So. I don't believe that'll be very hard to go out and put forth, you know, their best foot forward to, you know, to keep scrapping and fighting to, and, you know, come out with the, come out with the win this. I think you look three games ahead, you, or all three, you just, you just look at this week and, and get a win this week and they'll have a great chance to do that. Well, good stuff. Hopefully, whenever we talk to you next week, we're we're talking about a big win there from uh, from Morgantown, West Virginia. Coach, we appreciate you stopping by. All right, guys, good to be with you. Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner. You know, I was thinking uh, Saturday at the game, like, mm-hmm. oh, cool, yeah, Roy's going to get honored today. That's going to be a pretty cool moment. And then, like, I knew it at the time because I remember the talk going into the Cotton Bowl. Oh, is this going to be Roy's last game? Is this going to be Roy's last game? I mean, he's kind of giving off the vibe that. This is going to be his last game at OU, and obviously it was. Mm-hmm. Like a, a fun what if is what if Roy comes back for that O2 season. And I don't know if you guys win the national championship or anything, but what would he individually have looked like coming back in that 2002 season, playing college football for one more year? That would be, that, that's, a, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, my initial thought is – Yes, we would have won the national championship. 
my my second thought is I whenever he was at the point that he was and played as good as he did and like just kind of the way he approached it why would it would it have I mean he still would have been unbelievable like even Roy it just like you would hope that he would have been even better at a minimum he would have been the same but like, is there? Would he have kind of come off the gas a little bit if he sure. hung around? I mean, that's just something to think of. But my first initial thought is, yeah, we win the national championship. You kidding me? I we could have won the national championship with Roy out there if you just punted the ball on offense every time you got it. It's how good he was. Like, and, and that would have been, you know, the the 2002 defense was was kind of like you had in, in 01. You had a bunch of 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 older players that were left from the the championship season the year prior, Rocky, Roy, uh, you know, some guys up there on the defensive line. Right. O2 was kind of a sandwich year between when those guys left and whenever all the younger players that played a little bit in 2000 and then got thrown into fire in 01 became, you know, upperclassmen in 03. So, it would have helped bridge that gap. Well, quite a bit. yeah, but the, the defense was still the good. The front in seven in 02 was still really good. You still mm-hmm. had D Straits there. You had Everage there. Who started in place of Roy? I remember Eric Bassey playing a lot that year. Who? Uh, Eric Bassey? No, I'm trying to remember. I don't think he came until. Was Dante Nicholson there yet? Dante Nicholson was definitely there in 03. I, I don't he, remember if maybe he was he there in 03. Um, Bassey played there some. I think Brandon Shelby played there some. Because I remember the deep ball in a couple games being an issue, the A&M and the Oklahoma State game, really. Yeah, that was, from my memory, that was a, that was a safety issue against cover four in both of those games that we kept having, but um, hard to remember all the way back. It it would have helped. Right, exactly, yeah, it that's the point. Is yeah. like got Roy back there instead of what you had back there would have helped quite a bit, sure. Which, hey, I don't want to end this segment on a down note like that. So I'll give you a, uh, I'll, I'll give you a happy 19 years ago today. Uh, you guys beat Texas A&M 77 <laughs> to zero. Nice. 19 years ago today, and what people forget about that, it's not as if OU scored with four minutes left to make it 77 to nothing. There was a minute and a half left in the third quarter, and the score was 77 to nothing. If there was a real thought of, hey, let's score 100 points today just to score 100 points today, you probably would have scored 100 points with about five minutes left in the fourth quarter. I think that could have happened. We could have scored 100 points, like, not even, like, if the conversation wasn't absolutely do not score at, at any cost, then you probably still would have put up 100 points. Like if you just if you just kept the younger guys in and kept doing what you do, uh, pretty funny. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Let's hit the text line next. Six five one three four three nine. Stay tuned.
It is the rush on the ref. Cavens Construction bringing you this hour of the rush. CavensConstruction.com. Let's go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Living in the glory days much, said someone from the 405. Yeah, the, the team's five and four. We got to live in the glory days right now. Yeah. Let us talk about 2002 and what if scenarios, please. Yeah, that's right. Um, who cares? Roy Williams, Brandon Everidge, and JT Thatcher were so fun to watch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, has Oklahoma cut ties with Colton Vosick leading up to the 4 p.m. tweet? I don't think they've cut ties with him, but no. I think they know what's happening like everyone else knows what's probably going to happen in 20 minutes. You never cut ties. They didn't cut ties with David Hicks. No. You never cut ties because you never know. Um, he may change his mind, may get crosswise with, with someone on staff or something may happen, may break up with his girlfriend and want to get as far away from Austin as possible. You never know what may happen. May go there and play a year or two years or three years and want to transfer later. So you never burn any of those bridges. Gunny says you guys are radioing like champions today. <laughs> Most yeah. would disagree, Gunny, but thank you. OU isn't beating 2001 to 2003 Canes. Shockey knows that. Say that again? OU isn't beating 2001 to 2003 Canes. Shockey knows that. Uh, talking about Miami, talking about Jeremy Shockey. Well, Shockey wasn't there in 03. I, OU beats Miami in 03. Final yeah. answer. Um, oh, one pretty, pretty doubtful. We had a, such a limited offense in 2001. So yeah, probably right. Uh, that four Oh five texture is a moron in the nineties. We were living in the glory days of the eighties. Sheesh. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's just how it goes. Camo sooner says the Mike Leach soundbite gets funny, funnier every time I hear it. Marching it downfield. <laughs> That's the most effort he's shown in about 15 years, by the way, trying to get that sentence out. I love it. Is it marching it downfield if you throw it every play? (laughs) Kind of feels like an OU drive, right? Uh, In between the 20s, you're great. Here's in between the 20s. Here's inside the 20. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Our idea of marching it down the field is a 75-yard touchdown. Uh, on three plays. Yeah. Three plays, 75 yards, touchdown pass to Marvin Mims. Yeah. Now, please direct your attention. To the northwest corner of the end zone <laughs> as we honor the 1974 OU band. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. Teddy for defensive coordinator, please. Nope. They must be new to the show. Nope, mm. not, ain't happening. You think I want to go, you think I would want to go be de- defensive coordinator and listen to a bunch of people say, well, why don't you play the freshman kid who's oh, never God. played a snap in You his saw life. how Josh Heupel got treated. You're seeing how Ted Roof currently got treated. And now you've been saying, I, I mean, for 10 years now, no interest in doing it. And the game has significantly changed in 8 to 10 years, has it not? Mm, I no. can't imagine you trying to recruit right now with NIL and everything else. Well, that stuff, that stuff has changed for sure, but – uh, in my opinion, the X's and O's have not changed. Uh, it's uh, you got the RPO stuff where teams are allowed to cheat, but you know, outside of that, I think everything is is pretty much the same. Thought we would lose two to three games. This think we will our last three. This isn't the end of the world. Four lo- uh, losses. 
like the young and the recruits, we are OU, BV will get them right. Okay. Yeah, I think he's saying we'll win our last three. I, God willing, I hope so. hope so. I feel good about it, but I felt good about beating Baylor, too. Fair point. You forgot. First down, Sooners. Boomer. Yeah. Did you notice it this week? Did you listen for the boomer at the end? No. Hmm. I can't hear it. Can't hear it with the headphones on. Maybe that's a good thing. Uh, at least if Teddy became a coach, we he wouldn't have to worry about stressing so bad that he would grow gray hair. Yeah, that's mm. true. Very true. Maybe I should do it then. It's one less thing to worry about. What was the game that Samaje, I think, took a knee at the one-yard line out of courtesy? Am I crazy? Did that happen? Was Oklahoma State in, what, 15? Uh, 16. 16. Okie State, 16. Um... No, you're not crazy, but that, that did yeah, happen. definitely happened. Uh, people need to hold up on the Danny Stutzman hate unless they listen to the whole podcast. I did not get arrogance, disrespect, or uncaring from the whole thing. He definitely respects his coach. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. You know, I'm going to reserve some judgment there because I didn't hear the whole thing. But I think both things can be true, though. Like, I, I think that he respects his coach. Yeah, that, that came across in – when I was trying to find the audio clip that I played, but still at the same time, you can care about your coach and you know need to realize that, yes, it is that deep. Details matter. We've been talking about the details with this program for how long now? A long time. Yep. And I don't want to hear the linebacker, the guy that's supposed to be the dude for this defense for the next two to three years, you know, say that, man, not everything's that deep. Not everything matters to that level. Man, it actually does. It does. And you're supposed to be the one out of anybody on that defense saying the same things that Brent Venables is saying, not how, fighting back on it. I, I don't know how you're ever going to hold anyone accountable for anything if there's no, there's no line, right? It's, this, it's like saying it doesn't matter if you go all the way and touch the line and win sprints, right? I mean, isn't that basically the whole premise of sports? is that every single detail matters and the teams that can gather the most players in their locker room to follow the most strictest of details whenever it comes to execution, whenever it comes to preparation, whenever it comes to off-season, whenever it comes to in-season, nutrition, strength and conditioning, on the field, where you line up, how you line up, do you fit the gap? All of those things. Yes, it matters. And it doesn't kind of matter. It matters. The six inches of where you line up matters just as much as putting your helmet on and jogging on the field. I mean, it's, it's vital if you want to have a winning program. That's the frustration of it to me. I, and I don't know from the clip, like where it went after that, if he if he said that he, you know, has has started to gain an appreciation that it does in fact matter. I don't I like I don't know where it goes, but the clip that you cut and played is not a good yeah. look. And for people that didn't hear it the first time, here's what we're talking about.
I've never been yelled at by Brent Venables. Uh, God willing, that never happens. But I can pretty much imagine what it's like. Um, I do give it up for Danny Stutzman to, to somehow find the funny in getting screamed at by Brent Venables. That's yeah. a skill. Well, I'm glad he finds it funny because he's going to have to get used to it. If he if he thinks it's not that deep of where you line up, then I just and, – and I, I told you earlier why I'm, I, I give him kind of a – and it's not just him, it's it's the rest of the team. Give them a bit of a pass on it. But like, there's some guys where they're so naturally talented, like some of the details don't matter, right? There comes a point where no matter who you are, the details are like there's, there's going to come a point, whether it's the NFL or – Maybe even in the NFL you can get away with it until you're in year eight or ten and you're you've lost a step and now you've got to really be detailed and you can still get it done. But right, Stutzman is not a guy that's so talented that he doesn't like the details aren't going to matter. Hundred percent on you that. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, I I think everyone can agree with that. And it is it is just a it is a very bad sign. And. I love the kid, but that that quote is just a really bad sign. Because I'll, I'll tell you right now, his play so far is nowhere near where someone that says it ain't that big of a deal sure. needs to be playing. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, like that is that's like all American level. Whenever you t- whenever you view a coach getting you lined up and moving you over a foot is not that big of a deal. Leverage and angles are absolutely everything in football. And the sooner you get to it and realize that, the better you become. So we'll I'm wondering see. a I I'm gonna guess a conversation was uh was had over that audio clip. You think? E- yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You think the coaches listened to the uh podcast well, I, on the prairie? Brent Vittable said uh today that he hears and sees every all the talk that's going on out there. Not all the talk, but he hears a lot of the, the conversation that happens out there, which is the first time I feel like I've ever heard a coach admit that they do listen to the outside noise. Yeah. He says he hears it. Huh. Well, so I don't know. Be careful with what you say. He's listening. Well, if, uh, if Venables has heard it, it won't, it won't make its way into a conversation It'll present itself in practice in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. So, all right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one next. It is the rush on the ref. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405 651 3439. Someone says these guys needs to listen to the video of Augie Garrido yelling at the Texas baseball team. <laughs> I know it's Texas, but it really expresses how important it is to the coaches. I wish I could play that audio clip for those of you that haven't heard it, but basically the uh, the great. gist of that one, I have to deal with this mother blanking loss the rest of my mother blanking life. Don't you get it? <laughs> it's great. Blanking blank. When I tell uh, you to take... You blink and take. Don't tell me you didn't see it. You take. <laughs> feel like I 
could get pretty close to reciting that whole rant word for word. I remember the first time I saw it, the first like 10 seconds of it, I was laughing, but by the end of it, I was like, okay, yeah. It was deep. No, it was, good. yeah, you're that's, like, man, that's deep, but it's like, it's so true. And I then know. the graphic pops up at the end of when he gets done yelling. Like, Texas won however many consecutive games. Uh, they won the Big 12 tournament that year. I think they made a deep run in the postseason. They didn't lose for a while after mm-hmm. uh, that talking to from Augie. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was good, but you know, he, uh, like I said earlier, here's the key point. You know, those guys up there, they don't have. Like, they talk about the standard, but they don't know what the standard is. Like I said, I was lucky that I had someone in front of me. I got to see what the standard is, and how you do it. And and these guys are, are going to have to find that out on their own. And, you know, I'm just saying, the quicker you realize that it does matter and everything matters, and which is – that's the frustrating part of it. it. Hasn't Brent Venables, the guy that in the clip he supposedly respects, hasn't he said that from the first day he showed up on campus that everything matters? It ain't good enough. So, really – you may say that you respect your coach, but whenever you have a have a quote like that, that it's not that big of a deal, it's essentially a slap in the face to the guy that you're saying that you respect. Yeah. To where every detail matters has been the the mantra since he got here, and then here you are on on a podcast saying that oh, no, it doesn't. It's not that deep. That's the frustrating part. And this defense needs some needs someone in the middle that understands that it is that deep. And yeah. maybe Danny could eventually be that guy. I'm not going to say that he, he can. can't based Absolutely. off of one clip, but what they need, they need a lot of things, but they need that for sure. Yep. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two is next.